To Kelly's Green Lounge Radio, we are a cannabis-friendly establishment. Yes, welcome back to Kelly's Green Lounge Radio. Well, it seems that we have a lot to tell you, a lot to talk about this podcast. A lot has happened in the last couple of weeks since our last one. Coming up in this podcast, I will speak to a gentleman who has given me a fake name. I don't know where he's from. I don't think I'll ever find him again, Um, but he wants to talk about his work. I don't know if he wants to talk about it or if I just kind of asked him to. He spent a few minutes with me, and I sort of picked his brain about his work with the black market, or we can call it the green market, the one that might not be on the up and up. Uh, He's been doing it for quite some time now, and he's got a lot to share. And so I was very careful with sort of asking him, can you talk to me about this? Because what he does might not be on the legal side of it. I can't say that I can find him again. So if someone's listening to this going, she knows a drug dealer. She knows a bad person. I don't. He's not bad. He's not what they would call that label. He's just a guy that I happened to meet along my travels. And uh, he's going to, he let me record him. And I'm going to share that with you, little snippets of it. I had to edit some of it. (laughs) But the first thing that I want to talk to you about and want to share with you is that I was in a motor vehicle accident a couple of weeks ago. I was actually on my way back from the Women in Weed conference in Toronto, which was amazing. I'll stop right there by saying I was driving. I was not under the influence of anything because I don't drive while I'm under the influence of anything. So I was driving home and I was taking the 401 highway. So my home is in Clarington. So I was driving eastbound and I was going just the speed limit. It was nighttime. I like to go the speed limit when it's nighttime just so I feel a little little bit safer. I was in the third lane. So lane one would be the one that's closest to the center of the highway. So it goes one, two, three, four. It's a four lane highway. I was in highway or sorry, I was in lane number three. So there's the two fast lanes, and then there's me, and then there's the really slow lane. I would have much preferred to be in the slow lane, but there was a lot of trucks there, a lot of those tractor-trailer commercial trucks. So I'm in lane number three, and I'm going the speed limit, maybe 102. And a tractor-trailer comes up behind me. He doesn't like that I'm going the speed limit, and he wants me to go faster. How do I know that? Because he went right almost up to my bumper, kissing the back of my car, and flashed his high beams on me. I am alone in the car. It is nighttime. I'm nervous. And then he does this. Mm -hmm. So I'm scared, but I'm still maintaining my composure enough to be able to keep going straight and forward and the speed limit. And he still doesn't like this. And he honks his horn. And then he decides to pull to the right of me and drive into my car. Yep, he sideswiped me. I went out of control. I lost a little bit of control. Luckily, when this happened, I don't know how I did it. I don't know how my mind and my eyes knew what to do because I was freaking out. But I looked at the back of his truck and I was able to remember the trucking company name and the number because it always has an identification number. And when I called 
911 uh, <laughs> hysterically. <laughs> I was able to say that right away. I think I probably even said that um, right before I even told them I've been in an accident. I repeated it to them, and I don't know how I knew to do that, but I knew that the 911 caller is recorded. And if I said that, then the police would be able to find him because he did not stop, he did not slow down, he hit me, took the side of off my car, and kept going. I walked away from this accident. I am lucky. I've talked about it for the last couple of weeks in hopes that people will share it and be able to say to somebody else, slow down. You know, Kelly got hurt. Kelly walked away from this. But many people don't because people have this road rage and they have to go faster and they have to speed up and get there. So I did walk away without, without a scratch, but obviously injured my neck and my back. I went to the walk-in clinic the next day and I, the, uh, the doctor that was there was an Irish doctor. And I have to tell you that's part of the, part of the reason I um, have to tell you that is because I asked him for medical cannabis. Um, he wanted to prescribe me anti-inflammatories and opiates. So I said, no, thank you. I don't take chemicals. Uh, may I please have a prescription for cannabis? I know that it will help me. And he said, I cannot prescribe that to you because I don't know enough about it. I am from Ireland and it is illegal there. Because I don't know enough about it, I have no medical background in it. I've read some stuff in journals. There isn't enough uh, knowledge for me to support this. There's not enough studies being done. I cannot give you a prescription for this. So <laughs> he can give me the opiates and he can give me the anti-inflammatories, but he can't give me natural medicine. Luckily, though, he was able to send me to a clinic in the same building that could prescribe me the medicine. So I went there right away. I showed them the referral, I guess, whatever it is, the referral that he made. It was like a prescription of what he would have given me um, and the diagnosis or what his findings were of my ailments and uh, I went to the clinic and I filled out some paperwork and they said that they would give me a call so this is day two after the accident I don't have any pain medicine that has been prescribed to me um, by anybody medically I'm refusing to go get the prescription filled for a chemical so I now have to wait the next day, I did get a call back from the main number of the cannabis clinic, the cannabis medical clinic, and they gave me an appointment that day to go meet the nurse practitioner and uh, meet with a doctor over Skype, and that's how they do it. So I go into the clinic, I get all kinds of cool pamphlets. I paid $32.77, so that's $29 plus the HST, and that was for my appointment with the cannabis clinic. And what they did was they set me up with the nurse practitioner, they set me up with the doctor, I talked about everything, uh, asked me a lot of questions, asked me whether or not I have used cannabis before for anything, and why I decided I wanted to do this and not... Um, they, they actually asked me if I had ever used Tylenol or Advil or anything like that. And I said to them, yes, of course, I've used it in the past. Um, I'm choosing not to use it now. So part of the conversation that I had with these medical professionals was that they did, they asked me a lot of questions. 
Have I uh, ever used recreational before? What do I use the cannabis for now? Have I ever used CBD? To which I've replied, yes. I didn't want to tell them that I am the founder of a cannabis company. I didn't want to tell them that I have certifications in various things to do with cannabis because I wanted them to be able to give me the knowledge as if I was somebody that had just walked off the street, uh, had no cannabis background information, and just needed it. I did feel that... If I was one of those people that was not knowledgeable about cannabis, I would have got enough information to be able to make a decision uh, whether or not that this was what I wanted to follow up with. So although I did feel that the nurse practitioner was not as knowledgeable about myself, not that I am an expert in any way, but I have studied it for quite some time and I have been taking courses in it and it is something that I deal with every day, helping others, talking to others about on my socials, different things and um, going on the roam, having conversations with people. I have some background in it. Most people are not. And that's why I do what I do is so that I can bring you the information. The nurse practitioner, I'm guessing she was probably trained. um, But there were some questions that I was asking to do with CBD isolate, um, to to do with the tinctures, how things were made, the products, how they came to be, that she was not able to answer me. But she did say, I can't answer that because I don't have that knowledge. I can get back to you, which she never did. But I didn't follow up asking her those questions either. I will say that when people ask me questions that I can't answer to do with cannabis and to do with the Green Lounge, I always say, I'm going to get back to you, and then I do. Not that I'm better than this nurse or anything. I'm just trying to give you an entire picture of how this went down. So they said that I could have a prescription. My prescription would be one gram a day and that they would have to hook me up with a licensed producer and the licensed producer would contact me. So I waited and they told me um, the one that they chose for me based on their best um, experience with them was Spectrum. So there was a lot of different pamphlets that I went through there. I saw Emblem. I saw something called Pure. I saw CanTrust. I'm looking at the pamphlets right now. I I scooped all of them because I wanted to see what they would be like. And I wanted to show pictures of them on my different socials. I have Med Relief. I have Peace Naturals. And then my big one is the Spectrum. And they go on different various colors. When they um, got my information, I was told by the clinic that I had been to that they would be in touch with me. Spectrum would be in touch with me within the next couple of days. Okay, so I'm waiting. I wait another day. Now we're three days post-accident, and I haven't taken anything from the medical side of it. It is very lucky, lucky that I am a recreational user. It is a lucky thing that I grow my own because I would not have had anything to medicate with to help with my injuries because we are sitting at almost two weeks and I still do not have my mail order prescription. It was just confirmed to me by Spectrum today that I could order. I placed an order and now I wait for it. So two weeks tomorrow will be when the accident was. 
I uh, followed up with the clinic. I asked them what they take was taking so long. Oh, we are having fax machine problems. They're having fax machine problems at Spectrum. Maybe they didn't get your prescription. I'll follow up <laughs> to my response. Maybe that would have been a good idea the day of, considering that you know that you're having fax issues. And if I was someone that was in absolute desperate need of medical cannabis, then I've been waiting a long time. And I'm sad that there are probably others that are not as active in the cannabis community as myself that are still waiting for their medical cannabis to come to them by mail order. Once everything was cleared with Spectrum, I was able to place the order. The people were extremely friendly with me uh, on the phone and over the internet when I was emailing back and forth some questions. Um, they asked a lot. There's a lot of verification. They had to make sure I was the right person. Every time that I spoke to them, uh, we went through a series of questions to verify, even with my customer number right away. Um, the address had to match up. My credit card had to match up. I asked them about insurance. They said that that was something that I had to go through with my company, my insurance company. But they did say that they are finding more and more uh, medical insurance companies that are coming through for them, which is really nice. Nice to hear. Now, when I was posting this on the different socials about the accident and about how I've been through all of this and going to get the prescription done and fulfilling it with the licensed producer, there were people that chimed in and said, I have um, medical insurance that does cover my medical cannabis prescription. And I think that that's fantastic. I think it's fantastic that there are so many companies now that are waking up and going, hey, it's time. We want to support this. We believe in this. It's time to get off the chemicals. It's time to be more natural. And that's that's the consumer. That's the patient. That's the client's own choice. So now we have these cannabis clinics that are medical cannabis clinics that we can go to and we can um, get the prescription. It stays on file. How it works with me is what they ex explained is that I can have 30 grams a month in whatever form. So it could be the different oils, it could be the capsules, it could be the flower, the bud. Um, but I'm only allowed to have 30 grams a month, so that's one gram a day. And then I go back to this clinic after three months and they see how I'm doing and is my prescription good? Okay, great. They fill it for another six months. And then after that, I have another meeting with them and then they fill it for a year. So we start off with three, six, and then a year. And with this, I have all the ability that a medical cannabis user um, has. So I'm now considered somebody that uses medical cannabis um, to heal myself, I guess. Overall, the experience wasn't unpleasant. Uh, I think I'd much rather head out to the Green Mile and go to the recreational dispensaries or the newly opened and legal ones uh, in Ontario. Would I order again? I don't know. I have the quality. I'll have to see what the quality is like when it comes in the mail. I don't appreciate how long it has taken, but I do understand. I do understand that there's a lot of checks and balances that have to happen. I's dotted, T's crossed, 
And I and I get it because we are dealing with something that is new. It's new to the medical industry. It's new to the public. As I said before, the doctors aren't prescribing it. it doctors aren't just going to write you a prescription. They are taking their time. They are refusing to in the sense that they are saying they don't have enough knowledge about it. I get that. It is a process. It is something um, that more studies need to be done about, more research, oh, more research. And then maybe we can get more of the medical professionals involved. I think there's a need for medical cannabis. I think that there's a need for recreational cannabis. And yes, I still think that there's a need for the black market or the green market. I think that as consumers, I, I meet a lot of them. I meet some that are will only do it medically. They will only do it by following uh, the advice of a doctor. That's awesome. If you're doing it and you feel comfortable that way, that's amazing. I have others that will say, I don't need a medical professional to tell me what I need. I'm just going to go for the recreational side. I'm going to use it recreationally and I'm going to use it for medical purposes as well. And then the people that maybe don't want to order online, they maybe don't feel comfortable going into a dispensary, well, that's where the black or green market, as I like to call it, comes in. And there's a need for that too. If everybody grew plants in their home, because we're allowed to have four plants in each of our homes, and then we just shared with one another, oh my goodness, (laughs) we'd put everybody out of business. He tells me his name is Bobby Albright, and we welcome him to Kelly's Green Lounge Radio to share with us his experiences working within the black market of the cannabis industry. So you provide um, cannabis to people that maybe they couldn't get it by ordering online or going to a dispensary. Or just don't want to. Or just don't want to. That's it. So you, uh, okay, so how long have you been working in this market for? Since July of this year. Since July. I have been, I have been a member of this since 14 years old. Okay. And so you've been in the cannabis industry for for quite some time, and it has always been um, sort of on the off-center, the black market. Sure. And uh, would you say that you have been busier since legalization? No, I would say that uh, the the clientele has changed a little different, a little bit. Um, where you're seeing the people that have uh, have always been buyers from the black market guys, like you know, you've always had your guy. Um, they're starting to go to the dispensaries, maybe on the reserve. They're starting to buy from the government because um, it is now legal, and they're excited for that kind of stuff. So they're doing that. What you're seeing are the maybe the older folk and, and people that aren't as comfortable yet going to the stores or buying off the government, want to talk to somebody that they maybe know or can get to know. They're the people now with legalization where they don't have to be afraid to have possession. So they're now starting to explore and get high. <laughs> So they, because you are a person to them as opposed to a dispensary where they're going to walk in and not know anybody, you would say that that would be the reason for going to you above all right. else, more and of a personal thing. Uh, most cases with, with them, I go right to their house. Like I don't, especially for, uh, I have an older lady, she's 75 years old, 
Why does she need to get in and go and get that kind of stuff? That stuff should be brought to her. Man, she paid her dues. That kind of stuff to make her feel better, give her a little bit more quality of life. That should be brought to her. So, and it should be quality. She should be know. She should know what she's getting. And she should be able to talk to the person that's giving it to her. And what would you say is the most widely sought after product? The flower. Always the flower. Always the flower. And uh, they keep coming back to you because you provide them with good quality? Yeah. How do you know it's good quality? Because I make sure that it is tested, um, both for mold, uh, for THC content, CBD content, um, and any other, um, uh, like spider mites and those types of things. The only thing that here in Ontario we don't have which I'm sure the government is going to provide, is we don't have the tests for, uh, say, if people are using um, pesticides. So we don't have those high tests yet. Um, I'm sure those are, are going to come. Um, I know that they have them in Colorado and those, they're starting to use that for, for those things, but my stuff is always tested. I can generally tell you that my stuff is mid to high range THC, no mold, and it's always good. Okay. And um, would you say that there's a busier time of month or busier time of day that you would be getting calls? Uh, certainly during the day, anytime before like 10 o'clock. So uh, anytime from lunchtime to 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock usually. People don't, because you already have it. And if you don't have it at 10 o'clock, um, usually during the week you're, you're not wanting to, to, to get that, you, you want alcohol or something to get you partying. Right. And so do you find, um, you would see um, your clientele perhaps would be different people that maybe obviously don't want to go into a dispensary or don't want to use an online. So maybe there would be a different type of clientele or would you just say it's anybody? It's diverse, especially Di- now that it's legal. It's diverse because you're getting people that, were concerned to use it because it was illegal. It's not that they, they, they didn't want to use it because of what it could do to them. It was just their very law-abiding citizens. They didn't want to use it because the government said it was bad, blah, blah, blah. So you're getting a, a wide range. Like you have, you know, professionals that smoke it and you have people that are down on their luck that smoke it, all for different reasons. The people that are professionals, they're using it maybe to, you know what, that's bullshit. It's probably all for the same reason, to relax, to relieve stress, and, and, and to just enjoy your life or to improve the quality of life for the duration of the high. So when you, so would you say that you are selling more things recreationally or more products recreationally as opposed to medicinally then? Yeah, and I always think that it will always be that way. It will always be uh, a far more recreational use than than medical use. Um, maybe that might be the downfall of, of cannabis or, or where cannabis can't be considered a completely medical, medical, uh, uh, medical drug, if you will. Um, only because I believe 60% to 70% will always, of, of, of purchases will always be recreational because People like to smoke just to get high, man, just to chill out for the day. Yep. Just to chill out for the couple of hours. Um, whether you consider that medical, uh, 
I don't consider that medical if a guy is drinking four or five beers and gets drunk um, to chill out for the day. I don't consider that medical use, so why would I consider someone smoking a joint to do, get the same effect when they're, they're, they're smoking a joint? Now, if they're using it to, they're using it in different applications for medical use, that's a different story. But I think recreational. That's what you see. Most, uh, yeah. most users are recreational Absolutely. users as opposed to. Now, do you, do you yourself, knowing what you know, believe in the medical benefits Absolutely. of this, of cannabis? Sure. Now, I'm not a medical professional. I don't have any degrees. You know, I have little bits of educational background here or there. Um, if you follow some of the directions I give you and you use the, the, the stuff accordingly, accordingly, it's all safe. You're never going to overdose on it. Um, what I can say with certainty is that I can improve the quality of your life. The, just the quality of it. Now that means you may have less pain. That doesn't mean that your fucking, your hip problem is going to go away. What that means is I can reduce the pain that you're feeling without you having to use opiates or other bullshit that will affect something else in your body. This isn't going to affect anything else in your body. You're going to use maybe CBD or you maybe use a higher concentrated THC oil. You're going to get some effect, some benefits from that with the pain and all of that. But you get no bad effects to your liver or to anything like that where you would with opiates or some sort of other clinically made painkiller so yeah i can improve but i can't say i can cure you of cancer right you know i i don't i don't necessarily know have i seen people you know their cancer get smaller and and get cured from using like rick simpson oil or or something similar Sure. You have seen that. I you have, know I, actual people. Right. But that's no different than the cor- that's no different of a correlation to chemotherapy. Well, yes, but you know the I mean? but we I mean, we all know somebody that's been touched by cancer and that's been sure. touched by chemotherapy, sure. but we don't all know somebody that can say that they've actually seen other humans have effects positive sure. effects sure. from the use of cannabis on cancer treatments. Right. And you can say that for certain. Absolutely. There's not enough research being but, done about oh, this. But there's going to be. Like, let's be fair. This is where in, we're on the, we're just building, we're not even, we, the foundation hasn't, the foundation hasn't even begun. We, we're just putting the shovel, we just cut the ribbon and we're just putting the shovels into the ground. So let's give, obviously, I'm not a huge supporter of the way the government is bringing it into legalization. However, let's get the government and all of those pharmaceutical companies some time to do all of their research because no matter how you look at it, they're the ones with the money and they're the ones that's going to do the research on this shit. Of course, we are too because we're going to be using it and so on. And I think that might be the, the, the great the great preventer or of a pharmaceutical company taking over cannabis and because that's a know, fear that's right, a legitimate fear but what i think is 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 over the next 10 years we won't have just bobby albright's um opinion or or personal you know um testimony on seeing people getting healed from the use of cannabis when they have cancer 
Uh, do I think it can help? Sure. I believe 100% it can improve the quality of your life. Yes. The only purpose of this podcast is to entertain, educate, and to inform. It is no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Instead, we encourage you to discuss your options with a healthcare provider who specializes in medical cannabis or with a cannabis lawyer. Guests who speak in this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, and Kelly's Green Lounge has not and cannot be held responsible for guests' views. This podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only, advertising which is incorporated into, placed in association with, or targeted towards the content of this podcast is forbidden. You may not edit modify, or redistribute this podcast in any way.